Dice Company contains fantasy violence, mature themes, and unapologetic bickering. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised. Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Welcome one and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism and despair under the guise of playing playing Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Tom, and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of this band of misfits. Band of misfits, please introduce yourself and give us one fun fact about your characters. So, hello, I'm Dave, and I am playing Benny Quez. Uh, And this week, a wholesome fact about Benny, because all of last week's facts were appalling. Benny loves dogs. He just loves them. Any kind of waif or stray dog that he found roaming around as a youngster, he would feed them, take them in, even at the cost of his own food and getting enough to eat himself. He bloody loves a dog. There you go. And the DM is going to use this against me. I can tell from the look on his face. Is it because they're delicious? I I feel like that's a personal insult at the DM for his alleged not caring about animals. Do you hate dogs? I love dogs. He hates all animals. This is a a well-known fact. What kind of monster doesn't like dogs? I didn't know you didn't like dogs. Or any animal. I wasn't. I wasn't even targeting at you. I was just uh, just Brilliant. trying to trying to do something wholesome. Fantastic! I got caught in the crossfire of you not even attempting. <laughs> I just. I'm just not interested in you. <laughs> I'm going to change my fact to Augustus always interpreting comments about anything as being directly attacking him, <laughs> like the DM. <laughs> I was about to say, how's that different to your normal personality? Well, yeah, but I don't normally say it out loud. The readers have to, you know read it between the lines and then i realize there are no readers because this is a podcast <laughs> hello hey. listeners hey why don't you introduce yourselves <laughs> myself all my personalities shut up uh, <laughs> hey, you all i'm al i'm one of the all that the dm hates i'm playing augustus zeno and my fun fact this week is that zeno that augustus zeno loves to have his clothes freshly pressed but he has never freshly pressed anything himself and he does not even know how it's done it is really, a good fact. <laughs> really stretching the, the fun, in fact. <laughs> Pressing it flat, indeed. 10 out of 10, no notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Harry. I'm playing Tok, who's a warforged artificer. Tok is currently carrying a spear, mace, and a shield, which, to the discerning eye, uh, are all stamped with the insignia of the Bounders Whitecliff Division. Intrigue. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Knowledge bomb. That that's that changes everything. I have a lot of time for that. That was almost the perfect introduction, other than the fact you called yourself Warforged, which is not a term I recognise. He is, of course, an automaton. That feels like some kind of in-depth D and D stuff there that's going whooshing straight over most of our heads. I've only read the D section of the D and D handbook, so I didn't under. I don't know what you mean by Warforged. Oh, good stuff. We're all experts at D and D here. We're even referencing a simple race. <laughs> Causes all sorts of consternation. Fantastic. <laughs> Vanda loves dogs. Um, huge fan. Chihuahuas, uh, bigger <laughs> dogs as well. He knows all the breeds and has a real fondness for, for dogs, uh, I would say. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's come up. <laughs> a sentence that would never be uttered by anyone who knows all the breeds. <laughs>
That's like a football referee saying, I know all the rules. <laughs> it's like immediately you're convinced that he definitely. Offside, <laughs> the handball, all the others. Yeah, the other one. Yeah. Exactly. He knows how to pet a dog and feed one uh, and, you know, train them, obviously, but he doesn't tend to do that because there's not a lot of time. His band is quite busy. But. <laughs> If he wasn't, if he didn't live such a such a busy life, he would definitely invest more in his love of dogs. Um, I identify and, really uh, strongly with Vander all of a sudden. No, you don't. No one identifies with Vander. Anyway, let's crack on with the next chapter of Dice Company. We left off last time with you lot having broken into the Nimbus Foundry, created a rebellion among the children working there, killed a number of guards. You released the air elemental they had trapped and convinced it to join you to help power your own airship. Having stretched out and flown around the Foundry factory floor a few times, the air elemental swooshes into the capacitor which Benny stole, seemingly adding no weight to the piece of machinery. The Foundry floor is littered with the debris of the fight. What would you like to do? You missed out everything to do with the terror, ch- terror turkey. I didn't think it was relevant to this exact situation. We <laughs> defeated it. We defeated the terror turkey. I don't think. Well, okay, if we're just going to skip over that. <laughs> okay, uh, you guys see many cockatrices suddenly run into the factory. Good luck. <laughs> we turn the back. children on them. <laughs> <laughs> They're already dead. At a short fall. <laughs> Oh, I bet, I bet Argus and Benny are really cut up about that. Argus? <laughs> You've been questing with him for over 24 hours. You don't know his name. But to be fair, he, he's I, quite consistent because he called me August <laughs> in the first one. So maybe he's consistently going to get my name wrong. Yeah, I just assumed that was a power play, but I, maybe <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, so anyway, what are you going to do? What would you like to do? What's going on? For the love of God, someone do something. Okay, I think we need to get all the, we need to figure out how many kids we've got and get them all together. I got the sense everyone was kind of scattered in all directions. We've, seems like we've secured the area. So let's, let's gather up the kids. Someone go and check on that guard and let's, let's see where we're up to. And also, what do we need to do with this air elemental? Is it like, what's it going to do to us if we turn our back on it, for example? I'll go and sort out guard. I want the rope back anyway. So just to clarify, the air elemental is in the capacitor that you are carrying, you guys collectively are carrying. So don't need to worry about what it's going to do for the time being. Shotgun not carrying that thing. Talk will carry it. Good lad. So Benny, you are going to head outside to get check on the guard. You head on out and the guard is still sat in the same position, his hands tied with Vander's disgusting handkerchief stuffed into his mouth. He'll be wanting that back, by the way. Lovely. Excellent news. <laughs> All right, pal. This is a pretty pickle, isn't it? I, uh, Pluck the disgusting handkerchief out of his mouth. Oh, hello. Hiya, you're right. I've had better days. Oh yeah, bet yeah. Anyway, way I see it, there's uh, three ways we could do things from here. So way one, you could try and fight us. Probably wouldn't recommend that one. Way two, uh, you could stick a wire that we killed all your mates and, and all the children are released, and it's kind of your fault. Or number three. You could appear and never be seen again and never say out. Three. Yeah, sounds good to me as well. Right, I'll have my rope back and we'll say ta-ta. You untie him, take your rope back along with the handkerchief, and he immediately sprints. And he's he's quite overweight, 
So seeing him sprint, he, he doesn't only gets about 30 feet before he starts to pant and slow down. He then bends double, taking big gulps of air, and then just walks swiftly down the hill away from the foundry. Banda, he has seen our faces. Mm, an interesting point, Tok. I do feel the uh, the chance is largely gone, and we do plan to be away from here soon enough, so I think we'll be okay. I think it's time to head back now. Agreed. Excellent. And yourself, Augustus? Yes. <laughs> In a stunning display. <laughs> I'm really sorry to say that uh, like, uh, I, that everyone's audio seemed to me to really break up then. So all I heard, it just cleared up and you went, Augustus. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> We're going to hold a soup kitchen in that guy's car. <laughs> uh, could you just quickly uh, fling that one by me again? We are heading back to. Uh, we've got what we came for, and we're gonna we're gonna head back. And I I just asked you if you were down for that. Well, I know you're our moral arbiter and the greatest person who has ever lived. I just want to check: what are we doing with all these kids here? Uh, they're currently surrounding you, Augustus. So I'm going to sort of try and talk to the kids, if that's all right. I'm going to ignore Vanders, whatever he's doing. Children, where are you? Where have you come from? Where do, where do you need to go? You obviously need to leave this place. We've always been here. You were born here. We don't remember where we were born, but we've always worked here. Do you have families, parents, hometowns? I suppose we must have, but we don't know them. Hmm. Okay. Let me let me speak to my friends for a moment. If you you children sit stay here, and we'll work out what to what's best for you. Is there any more chocolate? Uh, not at the moment. We'll see if we can find you some. So I, I kind of draw aside to, I think Benny's elsewhere, but Vander and Tok, I guess. Like, can I come back? You can yeah, come back. Bring Benny, let's, let's bring as many voices. Let's design a horse by committee and get a camel. Yeah, so Vander um, stretches out a gnarled claw for the hanky. Great stuff. And I, with just two fingers, trying to touch it as little as possible, I drop it into your palm. Thank you kindly. He tucks it into his top pocket. What a beautiful moment. Uh, gentlemen, we need to think of what to do with these children. We can't leave them here. With nothing but an angry guard and the corpses of his friends. Oh, I think we've already given them the gift of freedom, haven't we? Well, we could at least point them in the direction of a safe place for them to go, or a town where they might have some chance. East looks promising. What are you basing that on, Thunder? Well, nothing good comes out of going north from here, I wouldn't have thought. South is where we came from, and I'm not sure we're very good role models. The city, Lunadine, might be the best option for them, though. I have no objections. If they were to go there and turn themselves in, they might... Turn themselves in? Throw themselves on the mercy of the city. They're not fugitives. I rather think I would go with door number one, our own freedom, if I was them. Can we find them larger humans to take care of them? We can certainly find them larger humans. Larger humans take care of them. Rather a different kettle of fish, I'm afraid, Tok. Well, we have to, at the very least, point them in the direction of some sort of civilization, as Lunadine appears to be the closest, and there's no one there, as far as we know, who should mean them any ill. I feel slightly concerned, and I'll check with the DM again. Yeah, are we not in a land where children are going to be subjugated in whichever direction they go by the, by the uh, Empire? That would be correct. Well, we've just inherited 18 to 16 children. <laughs> well done. Four or five each. Yes, a Hmm. As excited as I am about that possibility, I'm also excited about the possibility of them finding their own way in this wicked world while we make our way back on our path. I don't think you can just leave them. You're, you know, 
our actions have made us responsible for the situation they find themselves in. We are responsible for improving their situation, certainly. Just, I don't think you can just, uh, just abandon them like that, Dander. I think we've got to take some sort of action. Mm. I agree. But what can we do with them? Gentlemen, I suggest some haste. If you want to take care of the children, then you are welcome to do so. But I think we should leave this place, having caused the disturbance we've caused. Are there any other bounders nearby? Probably. Surely there must be a village or something nearby where we can at least take the children to give them a fighting chance. It yes, seems wrong just to leave them here. continue the conversation. Mm. We could take them with us to the airship. That sounds like a decent, a decent enough plan. Not a lot of space. Well, it's best we got. We need to get going. I agree with that much. Let's go. Uh, children, any of you who want to come with us, you're very welcome to do so. As you say that, uh, you hear footsteps from behind you running through the gates. Uh, Jack, Bander, the child who you gave the knife to, appears out of breath. <sighs> Bounders! Bounders are coming. On horses. How far off? He's got less than a minute. I advise discretion. I think our better shout here is to bundle the kids back inside the building. And then when the bandits turn up, we'll try to persuade them that we've just stumbled upon this scene and we're horrified at what we found. Returning them to slavery. No, we bundle the children into the building. We try and deal with the bandits. Vander is looking desperate to escape this, but can't obviously do it by himself. Talk and maybe to the forest while these loons discuss madness. <laughs> um, yeah, Talk will follow Vander's suggestion, pick up some of the smaller children and start making his way towards the forest edge. Christ alive. Vander's not getting picked up. Yeah. Forest seems like the shout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the kids will follow your direction. Okay, if they're, if they're very mobile, I'll pick up Vander instead because he's probably not... <laughs> So I just say to the kids, stay quiet, children, and run. Follow us. And then we peg it. Athletics checks from everyone, please. Except for Vanda, who is being carried by Tok. I will find a particularly good route to make it through the trees, thus uh, guiding myself on this roll. Way! Uh, 22 from Augustus. So he performs a series of incredible backflips on his way smartly down <laughs> to, the, uh, to the woods. It was athletics, not acrobatics. I'm not a walking dictionary. A miraculous 16 from me. And a, uh, and a 16 from Tok as well. You guys sprint out of the gates, Vanda being carried by Tok and with children now following you in tow. Rather odd sight. And you sprint down the kind of rocky road um, and manage to get to the tree line just as you hear hoof steps in the distance and half a dozen bounders on horseback charge towards the hill leading up to the entrance gates. Alongside them are dogs which are sniffing the area. Oh. <laughs> oh, great. Great, Benny, give him a biscuit. <laughs> Agreed. And he'll reach into his pack, take out a, a stone, uh, cover it in a small bit of oil from his pack and throw it into the bush uh, somewhere away from our trail. Um, before he throws it, you'll notice it stinks profusely of biscuits. Nice touch. Interesting. Have a lad talk. The old biscuit stones. He's got 20 out of 20 for biscuitude. I suggest we leave now. The the dogs immediately get diverted and start charging through the forest towards the stone. Fortunately, you are already gone from that location. You can hear a bit of a kerfuffle as a few of the bounders stop their pursuit and see what the dogs are looking for heading into the forest themselves. But you, with a sea of children accompanying you, manage to make it into the wilderness. Gentlemen, I think we should head back. To the airship now we have the required items where is the airship is it in 
the capital city, Lunadine. It is back the way we came, yes. That is, some way. Perhaps we should not travel by the roads. I'm happy with that. Let's travel at least for a time off the roads. Agreed. Give me survival checks. What fun. Nine. Twelve. Nine. Twenty-one. Natural twenty. I am a survivor. I rub two sticks together and raise an eyebrow at Vander as if to say, have a bit of that. <laughs> I whip out the chocolate bar that the kids no doubt wanted some of, gum it very quickly and look thoughtfully back at you. What a nice guy. You guys travel through the forest, making sure to, with Augustus's help, stay in line with the road, but not on it. You're sure that you're heading back in the direction of Lunadine. The sun begins to set over the horizon as the temperature drops. You have been travelling for the full eight hours. You may continue and risk exhaustion, or you may stop and camp. I'd say we need to find a place relatively deep in the woods, kind of out of sight, where we can safely light a small fire, get some rest, get some food and then get going again when the sun comes up. No objections from me. Yep, promise at last. So you managed to find somewhere deep within the forest, still maintaining that you know exactly where you are. Uh, you find a lovely clearing. The, the tree line is to the west of you, and scattered on the floor are a number of mushrooms, red top with white spots on them. Amanita mascara. I know the species well. I see. Edible? Technically. How very intriguing. Nobody touched the mushrooms. Tox done one of his nuances. They are revered by shamans in the east. Hallucinogenic. Excellent. Yes, that is the word. Well, probably probably not quite the time or the place, is it? No, I wouldn't imagine so. I imagine we might have to tell the kids not to partake. Yes, I think we should probably do that quite quickly. <laughs> do not want 18 children tripping out while we try and camp. It feels like a recipe for disaster. I, however, am immune to the effects of the mushrooms. Well, in that case, Toc, you eat all you like. Well, volunteered, Toc. Uh, you guys set up camp um, and set up a campfire. Where are the children going to sleep? I think we try and get them in a sort of contained, safe spot. Maybe, I think you said they were kind of stones scattered around. Try to get them sleeping in a sort of contained area so they're relatively close together to keep warm and so we can keep a rough eye on where they all are. Okay, well, you could probably fit up to four of them in each of the normal-sized tents and probably ten in Augustus's tent. That's fine. Augustus is perfectly happy to sleep under the stars. Uh, he will let ten of them go in there and hope the other guys will make room in their tents. I'm sure Tok will if he has one. Uh, Tok doesn't have a, um, a tent. Uh, go on, then. I can, uh, I'll give up my tent for a few uh, few rapscallions. What are you guys doing about watches? I don't mind kicking things off. I've uh, settled down by my tree stump. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take first watch alongside Tok. I'll be waking someone up when I'm finished. If someone would like to give me another survival check, you can try and hunt or scavenge for some food. I'll go for a survival check then, I guess. 16. You are looking quite dashing. Uh, you do find a doe, which you're able to take down with your bow. It is enough food to feed all of the children and all of you. Hooray! Magic. I got an absolute dash while I was doing it as well. I bought my hunting clothes at Costa Quarters. I take my uh, piece of venison and uh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> extract my, my bowl and uh, a very crude spoon. I kind of just start mashing it till really it's a paste, which I slurp. 
I add water and it's effectively soup. Oh, 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 oh. oh, you know, I was happy about that description before I heard it. And now I wish it never happened. Oh, thank you, Augustus. Very kind, delicious. Mm. Augustus doesn't look at Van Der and you'd almost think he looked happy and calm. There's some little vein of tension running through him. Does he have misophonia? He's not a big fan of Vander's eating style. Benny, as you are doing First Watch with Tok, can you roll a d20 for me, please? And Tok, can you roll one also? Uh, Minus 12. So minus 14. The moon's pale light casts an eerie shadow through the mist-covered camp. As you look at the tree line, you see a faint ethereal glow. The air suddenly crackles with electricity as a floating ball of light moves slowly through the trees, mesmerising and alluring. It seems to sing a song with words you can't understand as it heads straight towards you. Uh, Have I seen anything like this before? Give me a history check. Uh, 22. Yes, Tok, you have seen something like this before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a will-o'-the-wisp. Is it a threat? It doesn't sound terribly scary. It is absolutely a threat. It is the soul of a long-dead warrior who is attempting to lure other living creatures to their death. I'll stand up and sound the alarm. Alarm! (laughs) (laughs) Can someone send me that audio clip so I can use it for my phone in the morning? (laughs) Alarm! (laughs) Roll initiative, please. We're going to fight it, are we? Great plan, guys. Well, it's going to fight you. Whether you fight it is your choice. Does it smoke? 22. Uh, Tok gets a 10. Come in with a mighty 7. An even mightier 5. Benny, top of the round. So I say, I say to the group, let's try and keep it away from the tents. And I shoot at it. <laughs> just so you know, on my screen, you said, try and keep it away from the children, then you just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Benny. <laughs> try to keep it away from the children. It looks scary as shit. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, 14. Uh, that is a miss. Uh. Fourteen's a miss. Yes. Not as nice as it sounds, this thing. Tok. Tok is going to launch a fireball at it. I rolled a 19 to hit. That is a hit. Uh, Four fire damage. Tok unleashes a moat of burning fire, which clatters into the half-translucent ball of light. Crackles momentarily. In sort of favour of trying to protect the camp, Tok will move towards the World of the Wisp after he launched a fireball. Uh, Vanta. Vander is going to try and rise to his feet, but his leg gives way. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> and then on my side, I turn to the Will of the Wisp and cast Mind Thrust. Fifteen. That is a miss. Well, I remain on my side. You attempt to channel within the mind of the Will of the Wisp, but as you do so, all you hear is the screaming of a long dead warrior. Encouraging. Augustus. So I'm going to shoot with a a bow. Gone poorly. (laughs) That's fine. Augustus, looking magnificent as he draws back his bow, fires an arrow ineffectively. Realising the mistake he's made, he begins to charge towards the -the Will-O'-The-Wisp. Back to the top of the round with Benny. We are now into the first proper round of combat after the bonus round. I'm going to try another shot, I suppose. 25. That is a hit. Be. Uh, you can also make a sneak attack because yeah, I'm in contact yeah. with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sneaking. I'm, I'm all over the sneaking. 13 damage in total. Sneaky, sneaky. Nice. 
very nice. So with with Tok keeping the Will of the Wisp busy, uh, Benny, you take aim with your short bow and let rip, and the arrow actually buries itself deep within the bright light somewhere. Uh, there's a large crackling of energy as the Will of the Wisp begins to flicker and fade in and out. And now it is the Will of the Wisp's turn. Um, it begins to crackle with electrical energy and targets Tok, who is stood directly in front of it with a six. I don't think that could even hit the ground. The energy arcs and crackles and then dissipates. Tok, your retort? I think Tok is uh, a little bit intimidated by electricity. He is going to take the dodge action and uh, yeah, remain where he is. Oh, we're back to this again. Hang on, I'm, I'm rushing up with a cigarette. <laughs> Banda. I am going to go for the classic and try and get on my feet again. <laughs> this time, with a more concerted effort, leaning on my stick heavily, I managed to get myself to my feet and then look more determinedly at the Will of the Wisp, extend my hand, and I go telekinetic hand. I'm going to shove it out of combat so I can give uh, some uh, fighting time. So yeah, I'm going to go for that, which means you have to do a constitution saving throw. That's a five. Where would you like to move it? Uh, One back from whence it came. Um, closing your eyes, Vander manages to get onto his legs and holds his hand out, and there's a push as the Will of the Wisp suddenly jerks back five feet. Tok, you may do an attack of opportunity if you wish. Okay, I will stab it with my spear, but it probably won't hit. The pristine spear. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spear Look. whose tip has never made contact with anything. <laughs> It has many a defensive uh, mark on the uh, <laughs> on the shaft. You eat your breakfast off the tip of this spear. Uh, fourteen, so I'm... And, and a fourteen, which continues its streak of never having actually touched an enemy as you swing wildly at the light. The famous virgin spear of Tok. <laughs> and the size as he, after great effort getting his feet, he now has to put both hands back on his cane. Uh, Augustus, I'm going to rush up and stab the guy. With my rapier. Like wit. Attack! 19. Is a hit. Roll for damage. Baby. 8. Please tell me the story of how Augustus kills the -the Will-O-The-Wisp. Well, Augustus, who, as we know, is looking absolutely fine in his hunting clothes from Costa Cortes, draws his rapier and slashes it down like the lightning bolt of vengeance. And the -the Will-O-The-Wisp explodes, but not before its final flash of light illuminates the razor-sharp jaw of Augustus Zeno. And all fades to black. Fades to black. Roll credits. (laughs) I wander over and say, that's all very well, Augustus, but I reckon if you'd have made it a cup of tea, we could have all been pals. Well, my dear Benny, I seem to remember getting uh, some criticism from certain quarters when I attempted a conciliatory approach. So on this occasion, I decided to use extreme but proportionate violence. Augustus was correct. They would always attack. I'm delighted to learn that you're taking careful heed of what I say and acting accordingly. Fantastic news. I note every word. And act on them. I note every word. (laughs) Because of Augustus's incredible look there, the rest of you can all take an inspiration Ah. As you have been inspired by his incredible bravery and panache. Oh. I mean, I'll take whatever that means, but <laughs> this is never this has never happened to us. We've never been inspired. Augustus, you get no inspiration. <laughs> I don't need it. That was some fine swordplay, Augustus. As I 
horridly lean on one of them as I kind of ease myself back down to a sitting position. And I say, well, you know, I was I was taking the piss, but it was it was pretty impressive, as much as it pains me to say it. Why, thank you. It was not my first foray into swordsmanship, but one doesn't like to brag. Oh, no, one would never brag. Absolutely. <laughs> Augustus resists the urge to brag. <laughs> Excellent, then. I will uh, try to turn in for the second time. <laughs> Guys all have a lovely night's sleep and awaken the following morning refreshed. There is enough food remaining from the cooked dough, the venison, for you guys to all eat and feed the children, so you're fine for the day ahead. Uh, Tok, is there anything that you need to do that is not does not involve eating yourself? Well, indeed. Is there a is there a water source near here? I mean, he's probably got some water left in his water bottle. He has water left in his water skin. Okay, then he repeats the previous day's ritual of going to the side of the camp, taking his um, lockbox, opening it up, pouring some water inside, and again you'll see Tok bathed in a golden light momentarily until he closes it and puts it away. And you set off back to continue the path to Lunadine. As you traverse the forest, which leads back to Lunadine, making sure to keep an eye on the road, which is about 60 feet to your east, you see a disturbance ahead. The once open path is now obstructed by a makeshift roadblock, hastily constructed by the bounders. Large wooden logs are arranged across the road and into the forest tree line, forming a formidable barrier. On either side, tall imposing figures in the distinctive bounders' uniform stand guard of the roughly made hole in the centre, large enough for a single cart or coach to squeeze through. Their attention is currently on a small cart on the other side of the barrier, with the words, The Radiant City Gazette, scrawled on the side. Uh, Vanda, you can tell with your passive insight that they haven't noticed you or the children yet. You also recognise the name of the Radiant City Gazette as the main newspaper of Lunadine. Gentlemen, I have to say, I don't think we're going to get the children through this checkpoint without some serious difficulty. I urge us to reconsider our commitments here. Are we not heading to Lunadine to get to the airship anyway? We are. We do have to go to Lunadine. But we're set on the children being with us. I would say we're fairly set on uh, not, not leaving 20 kids in a forest to starve. Are there any other settlements nearby? I do not know this island. It does strike me, gentlemen, if we are to get through this roadblock, that we could try some subterfuge, maybe. Well, it really depends on what they're looking out for, doesn't it? We have drawn attention to ourselves. Well, they're likely to be looking for children, aren't they? I think they probably will be aware of the issues we caused. Well, they won't necessarily know that we had anything to do with it. Mm, the, the 18 children might alert them to the possibility, mightn't it? Yeah, they'll know children are missing from the from that place. It's possible that they thought the guards got in some sort of fight with the automaton because it was dead on top of one of the guards. There might have been some sort of horrible accident there, but the missing children, I think, is going to land us in trouble. As you guys are discussing what to do, the Bounders let the cart from the Radiant City Gazette pass. It moves a few feet along the road, stops. You see the driver waving back to the Bounders, and with the newspaper under his arm, he heads out in your direction, uh, unbuttoning his trousers. He is now around 20 feet away, and he is pissing on a tree while using one hand to read a newspaper. Uh, I'm going to cast Telekinetic Hand, and I'm going to use it to just gently tug the newspaper out of his hand so it goes into his stream of pee. 
you absolutely do that. And you hear a, oh, fucking hell. Oh, no. I laugh silently and turn appreciatively to the rest of us. He bends down to try and pick up the newspaper and you find him kind of shaking it off a bit. I'm going to I'm going to do message very, very quietly in his head. I'm just going to almost Inception style say other other newspapers on the cart, aren't there? Oh, oh, I don't know why I'm trying. There's other newspapers on the cart. And he kind of shakes himself off, drops the newspaper, turns around and heads back to the cart. And Benny, I don't suppose with your stealth you could go ahead and examine today's news. Might give us some information about why there's a roadblock in place. Yeah, come on then. I'm not delighted about the idea of picking up a pissy newspaper, but uh, I suppose it's <laughs> got to be done, hasn't it? Got to be done. Well, this was just a Tuesday for you. It's Wednesday. Who's counting? 21. <laughs> you, you successfully moved quiet like a ghost through the forest and snatch up the damp newspaper before returning to your friends. When he gets back, I'm going to um, quietly lean over to Vander and say, but Vander, could you not have used your telekinesis to retrieve the newspaper? Oh, fucking hell. Very interesting of you to mention that now. Go team. I smile. I mean, I feel like the guy might have noticed if the newspaper had just flown out of his hand. It feels better to convince him to drop it and then send... Oh, pissy fingers. Ghost boy here. Oh, pissy fingers. How to get it. Well, I mean, that nickname's now staying forever. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we get a read on what's, uh, what, what's on the paper, what the main news of the day is? Uh, you certainly can. Uh, so splattered all over the front page... Is P. Is P. And <laughs> under the P is a story splattered also on the front page. The headline reads, Dangerous Outlaws at Large. Anti-Empire Fugitives Terrorise Lunadine. Are you safe? Would you like to read the story? Yes, please. In a shocking display of lawlessness and treachery, a group of ruthless criminals has plunged the city of Lunadine into chaos. Authorities today mourn the loss of three heroic bounders who fell victim to the group's relentless aggression. A fourth, Allo Clearwater, was subjected to unimaginable torture at the hands of these traitors and only survived the ordeal thanks to his strong faith in the Emperor. The torture was inflicted upon him by a man whose body bears all the hallmarks of past torment, and who, like all cowards, hides part of his face behind a half-porcelain mask. Allo described him as the most terrifying and unnatural creature he'd ever seen. Alongside this potentially unhinged lunatic is the suspected leader of the group, thought to be called Brennan, who hid in the shadows and mercilessly murdered two bounders with a short bow. The third member of the group is thought to be a malfunctioning automaton. While Allo's faith allowed him to survive, a fourth person may not have been so fortunate. An as-yet-unnamed nobleman was believed to be at the crime scene too, and even tried to stop the violent behaviour by offering one of the victims a cigarette. Such honour is of course to be expected from a member of the elite of Lunadine, but it is feared the nobleman was kidnapped, or potentially even killed for his honest and peaceful demeanour. The Empire has declared these fugitives as dangerous enemies of the state, offering a substantial 100 gold for the capture of each of them individually. Augustus gives a curt nod and looks around at his buddies for approval. <laughs> he receives none from Vander's direction. <laughs> well, lads, as your leader, things are going to change around here. Yes. <laughs> Tell us. Things are going to be quite different now old Brennan's in charge. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Brennan Pissy Fingers. Brennan Pissy Fingers, yep. But Benny, your name is not Brennan. No. Excellent observation, Toc. Well, this is where your, where your literalness is, is coming into play again, Toc. It's quite clearly me, the leader, Brennan, firing from the shadows. 
I quite like that. Well, this was wonderful. <laughs> what is our plan of action? Uh, you hear a whistling as the driver of the cart heads back to his spot to continue taking a piss with a new newspaper. He's determined, isn't he? I suggest we leave the driver to head on down the road and then our hero of the people here, Augustus, approaches the guards and uses his fame to direct them down the road where he sighted the rogues in question. We can then slip through the checkpoint unobserved. What do you think? I think it could work. One of the difficulties is how's Augustus going to get away? He'll point down the road and use his nobility. Yeah, that's true. It seems unlikely that all the guards will leave. Well, then we've got a terrifying creature capable of unimaginable torture among us who can help with that little problem. Um, Tom, how many guards were there at the checkpoint, did we see? Uh, you saw eight at the checkpoint. I'm going to take my chances then based on the fact that even if even if the official line in the newspaper is not to be trusted, I suspect that the common or garden bounders at the gate may not know much more. It might be that their sort of commanders would know that there was something else going on, but they're probably not going to disseminate, disseminate that to the average bounder. Therefore, I can assume that they believe roughly what the newspaper has said. Uh, and indeed, they might have read it. I guess they just stopped the cart. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to swagger up. By the way, the cart driver has finished his pee and has got back on the cart and is now driving away. I reckon you need to send them to a, a specific location if possible. Tell them we're all up somewhere and you need a reason why you're not going with them. That's fine. I think if I essentially command them to do it, direct them to our camp from last night where they will find evidence of us and that might keep them looking for us a bit longer. Benny, can I suggest you use the distraction to take up a position of overwatch on the on the gates while uh, Augustus... Right. Sounds like a decent idea. You may always share a cigarette with them. We'll talk. Zing. <laughs> I'm going to stand here and uh, concentrate on leaning on my cane. Uh, Vanda, while you're concentrating on leaning on your cane, a few of the children have come up to you and are starting to pull at your robe, asking for chocolate. Get off me, you rats. I slap with my cane, but smile. <laughs> the candy man can. Augustus, having changed back into your fine wares from better stooters. Um, okay. You march up with all the confidence in the world to the checkpoint. Well, I, I thought I might kind of run up as an aristocrat in a hurry, but not so much of a hurry that he's willing to crumple his clothes, which, as you know, have been freshly pressed. I, I tap Benny on the shoulder. Look, Benny, poise. Um, you approach and one of the bounders calls out, Stop! Oh, oh, sorry, sir. Uh, uh, how is everything okay? Gentlemen... I was, I've been kidnapped and set upon and dragged from the city yesterday. And I've come to tell you that I've slipped my chains and the rogues who kidnapped me are held up in the forest, intent on all sorts of terrible crimes against children, no less. They've taken children hostage. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, um, I'm glad you're safe. The, the emperor is going to be absolutely delighted. Um, tell me again which way they went. I can give you uh, detailed directions there. Drinking at a camp just deep in the woods there. And obviously, I give them genuine directions to the camp from last night. Mm -hmm. uh, but I warn you, there's only three of them, but they are incredibly dangerous. There's Brennan, who hides in the in the shadows with his two bows. Uh, there's a deranged and deformed creature intent on nothing but soup and torture. I there's Benny a, again. There's a six foot nine robotic killing machine who I've seen 
essentially kill a bounder just by crushing him into his mouth, even though the creature doesn't even need to eat. It was a horrible sight. <laughs> I think every single one of you must go immediately. If they escape, who knows what terrible crimes against the Empire, humanity and goodness they'll commit. Every one of you must go immediately. I'll stay here and send my uh, send the next person who comes along back to the city to call out all the guards. Rush at once, men. Forth! And show them no mercy. Can I have a persuasion check, please? <laughs> oh, God. This that is advantage, nice. surely. Uh, he's got an inspiration. He can. Oh, he doesn't have. Yeah, you can do it at advantage. You can do it at advantage. Oh, God. 20. I'm just curious. All right. So, how big is Tox's mouth? And if he really did try to eat How absolutely horrific would that have been? Because God, hungry. <laughs> you actually probably haven't seen Tox any evidence of him having a mouth. Uh, yeah, so. He killed a human by pushing him into a just, just terrible scene. Just mashing him into the cliff he calls a face. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of got away from me a bit in the middle and the end. Having listened to your incredible speech, the, the bounders look at one another um, and the man who stopped you looks at a younger bounder who says, oh, that's, that's 300 gold if we get him. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, all right, yeah, if you could uh, just man this guard post, we'd be appreciative. Come on, lads, let's uh, let's go get it paid. Augustus draws his rapier, holds it in the air and waves it in the direction of the enemy and shouts, onward, my brave fellows. And they casually stroll up the road in the direction you told them to. God, no wonder these guys in low-level grunts. You are now free to pass through the checkpoint. Augustus spots a piece of dust on the shoulder of his fine jacket and brushes it away. What a guy. <laughs> He's ace rimmer. <laughs> I've hopped back up on the car. Very good, Augustus. Very good. Why, thank you, my dear fellow. Not for the humble servant of the common good. I'm pretty sure you guys left the cart back at the factory in your... Oh, God, I'm actually walking this. Yeah. Uh, well, he's walking or getting a piggyback, I guess. Talk. <laughs> he's getting uh, a talkie back. Talk will be happy to uh, to give him a lift. The children follow you guys as you head towards Augustus's position, and a number of them have picked up sticks, which they're now waving in the air like rapiers and pretending to be Augustus and commanding each other to charge men. Charge! Fine young fellows and lasses, all of them. What are we going to do with these? I thought they'd be emulating... Pissy fingers. Thanks, Vanda. You travel back towards Lunadine, making sure to remain stealthy along the way and not get too close to the road. Uh, there are no further checkpoints that you come across. Um, as you're moving through the forest, all of you, unbelievably, all sudden, suddenly start to smell what appears to be the smell of warm cooked bread. Um, as you carefully move through the forest, you find a small white stone building can I have a religion check from all of you, please? 16. A 10. 14. 6. Augustus, not a man of God. <laughs> Benny, from your years growing up on the streets, obviously you, you've encountered religion a lot, the worship of Kale as a god. What you see on this white, small white building are religious symbols for a different god. Now, you've heard of them before. It's the god Isidore. This appears to be a small relatively secret little monastery in the woods. This is um, a bit of a surprise, lads, but 
I recognise these symbols. It's not Kale, it's Isidore. Now, I don't... The god of life. Yeah, I don't claim to know masses and masses, but this lot might be a bit kinder than the Kaelian maniacs that we uh, that we know and love. Might be worth, might be worth knocking on and uh, see if they can look after these kids. Can I suggest I take them up to the door rather than you three wanted psychopaths? Fine idea. Hurtful, but agreed. Bought dead on balls accurate, though. Come on, pissy fingers, let's go wait. That's, yeah, not, totally. that's not becoming a thing. It's <laughs> absolutely not becoming a thing. Uh, Augustus, you lead the children towards the small monastery, and outside you see a woman, kind of plump woman in her late 70s, and she appears to be tending to a small vegetable patch. And she looks up as you approach. Oh, hello there. Oh, you're a fancy Dan, aren't you? Oh, very kind of you to say, madam. You're extremely striking yourself. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Madam, I found these children uh, wandering in the woods. I believe there was some sort of attack on the uh, factory where they were being forced to work, and now mm. they're fugitives. I wonder if you and your god might consider giving them sanctuary. Oh, well, of course. Isidore always offers sanctuary to those who need it. Oh, hello there, little blighters. Come here. Oh, you're all dirty, aren't you? You've been working hard somewhere. Wonderful. Madam, I must uh, slip away. I'm, I'm chasing their... Uh, they're persecutors, and I must continue before I lose the trail. Uh, can I rely on you to keep these children safe? And I must impress upon you the importance of not mentioning that they're here, if you can conceal them, and not mentioning that you've seen me. Oh, that's fine. If anyone ever knew I was out here, they'd absolutely kill me. And probably all the kiddiewinks as well. It's it's a very strange encounter, I must admit. You've just appeared out of nowhere, all dressed up to the nines, and you've dropped off 18 children, and now you're leaving. Very odd. Isidore works in mysterious ways. Quite. I couldn't agree more. Oh, uh, well, have a good day, I guess. You too. Sounds like you've got a busy one on your hands. I'll leave you to it. And then what, you just sprint away? <laughs> I saunter away, I'd say, with a, pur- a purposeful, but as always, aristocratically unhurried air. I, I feel just... like what we saw there was an insight into you as an actual parent. Any opportunity <laughs> yeah. oh to ditch God. the kids off. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> If I found a motherly septuagenarian, I would definitely immediately offload my children and saunter away. <laughs> With the words, I must stress on you the importance of not letting anyone know I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, sans children, you guys make it back to Lunadine. Seeing as this is not a walled city, there are no checkpoints or anything stopping because it's obviously a vast, sprawling city with plenty of ways to get in. And Vander and Benny certainly know their way around, so they know alleyways that they can get to. Uh, where are you heading to, please? Uh, chaps, I suggest we make a beeline for the warehouse. You'll notice I've got my hood up. I feel like I may be slightly conspicuous, and indeed we all may. Time to get out of here, I would think. Yeah, we're going to need to be a bit careful around that warehouse, though, aren't we? Crime scene and all. True, but uh, our means of escape lies there also. All right, then. Guess we'll have to be careful. I feel I may be conspicuous. Mm. I look around. Uh, observation check. I'm looking for a top. <laughs> okay. How does one acquire things in this hive? Uh, 16. There is a shop that um, amazingly does sell various types of material, including a tarp. Augustus, uh, might you do the honours of getting us something that would cover the rather bulky frame of talk? Of course. I mean, noblemen are constantly seen buying tarps and other industrial-sounding pieces of material. 
Excellent, Banda says, unperturbed. The shopkeeper asks you for five silver for the tarp. Of course. You now have a large piece of tarp, big enough to cover <laughs> Tok. There we go, Tok. Cut a hole in that, and you'll join me as a member of the leper community for the next few minutes. <laughs> you throw the tarp over Tok, making sure to cut eye holes in it so that he can see. And you notice that the people in the street are looking at you and they immediately give you a very wide berth. Obviously terrified that there is actually a leper on the loose under a tarp. I, I, I make absolutely sure. Come, my leprous friend. Um, Tok will try and uh, crouch down so he doesn't look quite as tall as he walks. There you go, Tok. Bob's your uncle. Perfect disguise. With that, I go into kind of a nearby alleyway because I think it's probably better if we don't appear as a large group that they are looking for. Separate out, but I can keep my eye on them. And it's on brand. Uh, Augustus and Vander, I presume you're happy to walk with the squatting leper? I think Augustus is going to pace off ahead. So I think he's going to draw a few eyes. And then also, if we do have to come up with a story that Augustus isn't part of this, then it will look like they're following me rather than that we're walking along together. It increases my chances of being able to get them clapped in irons and get away myself. <laughs> Solidarity and all that. Yeah. Um, routine. So, so is Vander walking or getting a lift? <laughs> uh, he's walking, but slowly, obviously. <laughs> you make your way through the streets that you know so well, Vander and Tog, and less well, Augustus, incredibly well, Benny. Making sure to stay within roughly 120 feet of one another, but separated so not to appear suspicious. You make your way back to Vander's warehouse. There are no guards currently on the door to the warehouse entrance. I am going to investigation check. Okay. So in in future, if you tell me what you're going to do, and then I will ask you for the role rather than you telling me the role that you're going to do. So so what is it you're looking for or investigating? Any sign that we're in trouble as soon as we step into that place. Okay. Looking for bounders, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you can see no signs of any recent use of the door. You know the area. You know your warehouse. You're confident if you were to enter, you would not be set upon by them. But there's no way of telling whether there's bounders in the warehouse itself. Is this the location of the airship, Banda? It certainly is, my leprous friend. The question is, why and how might we determine whether there are people inside waiting for us? You want me to have them? Benny might, yeah, Benny might be the shout here. I'll have a little, uh, a little creeping head, see what I can see. Go on then, Brennan, pissy fingers. I, I won't do it if you keep calling me that. <laughs> Augustus smiles. He, he's pretty confident Benny's going to do it, whatever I say. Benny, you sharply head towards the front door, uh, which you know leads to the stairway down into the warehouse room where you guys first properly met each other. You head down the steps very quietly. Can I have a stealth check now, please? Not that quietly. Nine. Oh, God. Nine? Really? Mm. <laughs> As you make your way down the steps, you accidentally kick an empty tin can, which rattles down the steps ahead of you. An empty soup can. You wait for a moment. There doesn't appear to be any noise or commotion ahead of you. Is that what, what sort of lighting situation like down there? It, it's well lit. There are obviously candles that are lit down there. Uh, give me a uh, perception check please. 15. Okay, you can feel a slight breeze. Now you've been here a number of times, you know that the breeze is coming from the door being open and there is a, there is a secondary room beyond the room where you met everyone, which is like a large warehouse space. 
So the door to the room you're entering must be open to that section. Can I get to the far door in a way that's not in the line of sight? Give me another stealth check. Or acrobatics or athletics. I'll take stealth. Thank you. <laughs> 25. Like a shadow, you move across the room. The door is indeed open. You manage to avoid Vanda's favourite chair and table. Uh, there is an empty bowl of soup from the last time you were here. Uh, and as you peer into the warehouse, you can see on the water is the airship. This is the first time you've seen this device. Um, it's sleek and a compact vessel crafted with a combination of metal, alloys, and woodwork. Its dark wood hull gleams, accented with silver trim and intricate engravings. Despite its modest size, it is adorned with elegant and ornate designs which reflect the craftsmanship of the gnomish creators. To your surprise, it is encircled by a group of bounders. Their uniforms emblazoned with the emblems of authority stood alongside them are four automatons, deactivated and in chains. Circling the group of bounders, walking slowly, is a mysterious cloaked figure. Even though their identity is concealed, the body language of the bounders suggests this figure holds both authority and power in the situation. This is undoubtedly a member of the Shadow Vanguard. I am going to attempt to return to my companions and report back. I'm going to say because you rolled 25 that you're able to get back up the stairs and out. So I, um, I relay all this information to the group. Very tricky indeed. Yeah. It's pretty clear that they're not only onto us, but expecting us to return. We could attempt a ruse. A ruse de guerre. Very interesting talk. Oh my. I suppose we are at war. What are you going to do? Poke them with your poking stick? <laughs> if I thought that would work. <laughs> Benny, master of deception that you are. Any ideas? Any nooks and crannies you saw whilst observing them? Spaces you can hide in? Advantages you can gain? It's your airship. You should know. Your, your airship, your warehouse. You're right. Trusting plans. Your slippery mind. It hasn't been a... A strong suit for us. How strong, how resilient to damage would the airship be if I was to come up with a plan that damaged everything and everyone in the room? I'm listening. I'm still focusing on the phrase, your slippery mind, to be honest, which I'm not sure I'm particularly fond of. Oh, when you make up your mind, do let us know. August. I wonder, Vanda, whether there's anything we might do that might bring the house down, so to speak. Collapse my warehouse onto my nearly priceless airship. Exactly. Now you're catching on. Well, I'm afraid I might not be, my friend. I do question how that profits us. Well, it kills all the people surrounding the airship. We quickly dig it out and fly it off. I'm not sure the airship would do too well if a warehouse was collapsed on top of it. So those four automatons work with me on the ship. So they're allies down there. I'm just uh, wondering. Hence in chains. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how I might activate them. Oh, well, that changes the mass of the battle significantly. I mean, not necessarily enough that we can take them on, but. They're, they're currently deactivated. So Tok will be able to fill you in on the likely causes of that. I would suggest that some crystals have been removed somehow. I've got a question. What would happen if we let your Pellier elemental out of its bottle? A very interesting idea. I believe he is no fan of the Empire, certainly, but he would be unpredictable. Assuming we can incapacitate 
the guards and even activate our friendly automatons, how do we get the airship out of the warehouse? And presumably, given my limited knowledge of steering wheels and airships, it's been so ably highlighted by Vanda, into the air. That part I can certainly help with. We just need to tackle the the first issue. If we get out of this, remind me to ask you, Augustus, what on earth you're doing with us. There's got to be a story there that I would absolutely love to hear. I very much look forward to dodging all your questions and not giving you any real answers. Excellent. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Banda, humans do not seem to like fire. We could set fire to the building. Why do all of our plans involve the destruction of my priceless airship? (laughs) All of my plans involve getting away in your airship and caring very little for the damage to your warehouse, to which it should probably be noted, you can never safely return anyway. Oh, that's made me feel right at home. Remind me to buy you a bowl of soup at the next opportunity. That's very kind. (laughs) How about then we combine all of these elements into a devilishly complex plan that most likely won't work and will take some weeing. How about we set a small fire, so create a lot of smoke, causing some of the guards to come upstairs and investigate. I will release the air elemental, causing absolute chaos on those who come up the stairs. Benny, if you can take instructions from Toc and conceal yourself downstairs with the relevant crystals to start my automatons, you may be able to turn the odds in our favour. Meanwhile, Toc and Augustus you will have to be our fighting line. And, uh... Yes, Tog. I am unsure as to what repairs must be made to the automatons. You don't know how to reactivate my automaton friends? I do not know how they have been deactivated. Once I inspect them, I will have sufficient data. Hmm, unfortunate. Well, Benny, could you conceal yourself downstairs? It would be useful to have someone in a position they wouldn't expect before we begin our assault. Well, I can conceal myself, yeah, but if you think it'll be of any help. It might be useful as they charge up the stairs to deal with the threat they've perceived. Putting a bolt in the back of the shadow vanguards as he as he wanders up the stairs might be useful to us. Doesn't sound like it could hurt, does it? No, indeed. Well, I will leave you to your concealment. Okay, so before the before the plan goes into action, obviously, Benny, you're going to head back downstairs and hide within the shadows. That's absolutely fine. Is there anything else anyone needs to do or wants to do by any spells or any actions or anything before we get this kick started? Uh, I'm going to just check that I have the capacity to do I need to discuss with the air elemental. So I'm going to commune with it. Okay, so you take out the capacitor um, and you, you hear... Like it's a long distance away, you can hear the swirling of a tornado. What? I understand you may be interested in vengeance against the Empire. The Empire will fall. Excellent. In which case I have an opportunity for you. They guard our means to freedom, our means to attack the Empire from the sky. Might you be interested in some vengeance today? Point me in their direction, and I shall kill them all. Excellent. Then in a moment, I will. I do require, if this serves your purpose, for you at the earliest opportunity to break away from your vengeance and join me on the airship if indeed I gain the deck. This will harm the Empire? 
Oh, trust me. Far more so than anything else we do today. Give me a persuasion check at advantage. Fourteen. Then we are a team. Well, gentlemen, feel we may have a plan. All right. So Benny is hidden. Uh, the rest of you are stationed on the ground floor above the area in the warehouse where the airship is. Uh, who's starting the fire? I believe that's my job. I think you, you'd probably be able to start a fire without any checks, to be brutally honest. You have a tinderbox on your person. You must have. You've got matches, haven't you? You've got matches for cigarettes, yes. <laughs> Lighting a fire is a specialty. Yeah, uh, and I presume you're still holding the newspaper from earlier? Or one of you has the newspaper? Busy fingers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget I how I made it. you do that. <laughs> I kept it because it said I was the leader. <laughs> I'm going to frame it, stains and all. You start setting fire to the newspaper, third outside, having set a fire, a waft smoke downstairs. <laughs> Benny, from your hidden position, uh, you can hear some shouts coming from the large warehouse room as footsteps start to head in your direction. All of a sudden, half a dozen bounders charge through the room that you're in. They pay no attention to you whatsoever, have no idea you're there, and head towards the bottom of the stairs, ready to run up to the source of the fire. Augustus, I presume you're going to run round to where the other guys are, and then you guys are going to enter in. Benny, you are in the main entrance, main room, with them having run past you and up the stairs out to where the fire is. Give me a perception check. Or if, Bandy, you want to use message to let him know that you're heading through. Uh, yep, done. Get him Get him to lock the door. Uh, lock the door behind us. We can do that. They've gone outside? Yep, they've gone outside. That would lock the door behind them. Cool. Uh, yeah, you, the, the, lock, the key is in the door, so you do lock it. And we lock the door as we go through the other one. Cool. Done and done. You guys are now in a locked warehouse with six bounders outside trying to put out a fire that you started. Um, and Benny, as you look through the open door into the large warehouse area, you can see that only the Shadow Vanguard remains with the four automatons. I think he's probably our target then, isn't he? I don't think there's anything other than full combat for this gentleman. Yes, but let's have at least someone trying to get the automatons on board. I will do that. Chaps, I will engage him in conversation as we go down and spread out. I suspect he'll be rather powerful, so use the time I buy you wisely. And for God's sake, don't let him get into hand to hand. Very well. Do you know his capabilities? Afraid not. I'm going to step in. You are trespassing, you understand. You are met with a woman's voice. And who are you? Vander Finnick at your service. And again, you are trespassing. I am a member of the Shadow Vanguard. I don't trespass anywhere. You just guard boats then? Boats of criminals, yes, who the Emperor has taken a keen interest in. Can I suggest that you leave this place unmolested? It wouldn't serve your purposes to die guarding a boat, would it? Give me an insight check. 14. For the first time in a long time, you can feel someone in your head. That's concerning. Hmm. Van der Finnick, is it? I don't think so. Interesting. Not many of you around these days, I find. Hardly any. Well, do you know what I heard? What's that? I heard the only thing the Shadow Vanguard are good at is wiping the Emperor's horse. Childish insults. And what are your friends doing hiding in the background? Why don't you tell them to come out and join us? 
I certainly can. Spread out. I make another step towards you. I think Tok's going to sort of move forwards in front of it. And um, and then message Tok and say, maybe keep, keep line. I need line of sight. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like dodging is probably best for now and rely on the others to do damage. Good grief. 5d8. She raises her hand in your direction, Tok, and for a moment you wobble slightly, but you remain upright. Oh, quite powerful, this one. That life I see in its eyes, that's illegal, you know. Well, this has been fun, but enough talk. And I unleash the elemental in her direction. Uh, Vanda, you point the capacitor out and whisper to the air elemental that it's time, and the elemental bursts out like a raging tornado. It sees the situation before it and immediately attacks, blasting into the shadow vanguard. It appears to be attacking both it and the four automatons. Because he didn't tell it that the automatons were friends. Message the elemental. What are you going to say? The automatons will help us destroy the Empire. Give me a persuasion check. Oh dear. Tok, however, might shout um, to the elemental, let Let us us throw the hooded one in the river. Cool, give me a persuasion check, please. 16. The air elemental spins towards the Shadow Vanguard, lifting her off her feet. Um, You see the automatons begin to rise into the air, inert, their hands and legs dangling. As Tok calls out his cry, there's a swoosh as the tornado stands upright and the four automatons are blown backwards and onto the boat. Awesome. Landing with a crunch, the Shadow Vanguard is not so lucky as she has blasted backwards into the water, scudding across like a skipping stone before being submerged beneath the depth. The air elemental spins up and charges straight into the spot in the water where she landed and disappears beneath the waves. That is not a way I'd want to have to fight an elemental. Um, From across the river... You hear the familiar whistles of bounders. And as you look out beyond the ship, you can see them pointing at what's just taken place. There's obviously murmuring in the streets. I would say that's our cue, chaps, as I hobble towards the ship. So Tok will immediately start beginning repairs and activation, if he can, point to the locks. I will immediately ask for um, Benny to assist by breaking, unpicking these chains. I get involved with that. I'm going to begin the piloting of the ship and ask Augustus to help me. Yeah, on the case. But can we? don't we need the air elemental to get the ship to do anything? We, into the air, yeah. Oh, right, yes. we're going to just go and boat we're form. We're going to sail for now, back. yeah. First things first, Benny, give me a... You've got thieves' tools? I do. Roll it up. One for each of the sets of locks, please. Yeah, so uh, you unlock one of the automatons. 22. That's a success. Two more. 24. 14. The DC was 14. You have unlocked all four sets of uh, manacles around the wrists of the automatons. Uh, Tok, you wish to do an investigation or a, a check to see how to reactivate them? Indeed. I'm thinking probably Tinker's tools. I will guide myself on this uh, oh. first roll, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's 18 on the first one. They have just had one of the crystals in their head taken out and placed. It's still within their heads. It just needs to be reconnected to activate them. So I can do that relatively quickly? You can. Okay, I will do that. Replace them as quickly as I can. The the four automatons all come back to life with a... Vanda, your crew is ready. Excellent. I order the automatons to their places. 
the sound of clunking metal begins to fill the boat as they all take their place to above deck to below deck. I take my place at the helm. Benny, your eyes are keenest. I don't suppose there's any sign of our elemental friend. Should I just do a perception for that? Yeah. Just 11. No sign of the elemental since it burst beneath the water of the river. I can go under the water to investigate. I have a rope, so you may pull me back on board. Very interesting idea, I think. With no choices left, time on. With the splash, you hit the water and begin to immediately sink down. I will, of course, take my big pack off and leave it on the boat rather than take that underwater. But yeah. Um, At the rest of you, you feel the, the ship for a moment kind of tip to the side where he's jumped in as it gets to full mass and he's now just on the floor of the river. The the rope is almost tight. Tok, give me a perception check, please. It's quite muddy water. 20. You can see the air elemental and the shadow vanguard are locked in a strange battle. The shadow vanguard appears to have a burning red blade summoned in her hand and is slashing at the air elemental who appears to be taking damage. Uh, You see it kind of screaming in pain, but it's continuing to try and hold her underwater. I mean, I don't know how well I can shout underwater. Leave that one under the water. It is time for us to leave. Hopefully it will drown. The elemental can't hear you. Ah. I message Tok. Can you throw a stone to where they are? I will throw a stone over to where they are. Let's have an athletics check, please. A natural one. That's a four. Uh, throwing stones under the water is difficult, I guess. It is. It, <laughs> it, it goes roughly one foot in front of you and then slowly sinks. I'm going to try and walk in their direction. I don't know how, how easy that is, but... No, it's relatively easy from where you are. Uh, the, the ground is kind of silty, but you're able to just get purchase and begin walking. Um, once you reach with, you're within 10 feet of them and the rope is now completely tight, the rest of you, the boat or the ship is tilting quite badly to the left-hand side as Tok is effectively walking and pulling it. I'm going to try to assist by turning the boat and sailing with the Tok tide. Okay, so now, Tok, you're effectively leading the ship. <laughs> to get its attention rather than i don't think this is a battle that i can win this thing seems quite powerful did i think it couldn't did i did i feel like it couldn't hear me because i was too far away I, i'll shout the same thing again basically to the to elemental i'll say uh, storm lord it is time to leave leave this one to drown for a moment the air elemental stops and looks in your direction you see what appear to be scars over its air-like face um, as the red blade continues to slash at it the blade gets plunged into its stomach but it manages to create a hole where it should have hit then with a twisting tornado underwater it heads in your direction and you feel yourself spinning wildly and the rest of you see the rope spinning attached to the boat. And Tok, you are lifted out of the water by the air elemental and dropped onto the deck of the ship. The air elemental is now above the water next to the ship. Whilst spinning, Tok is going to uh, cast Cure Wounds on the elemental um, as we're going up into the boat. I mean, he can't really see where he's going, but he can't fail to touch it, I guess. Correct. The elemental with the added strength of being healed. Thank you, robot. It drops you onto the deck and then spins up and appears on the deck alongside Tok. We should leave. I run to the back of the boat to see if I can see what's going on with the, uh, whatever her name was. Agreed, Stormlord, if you wouldn't mind lending us your supreme powers. Of course. And it spins into the capacitor. Tok will be happy to assist with installing something in the ship. 
Like you grab the capacitor, you run beneath decks, and the other automatons point you in the direction of where the capacitor goes. It's a simple plug and play as it clicks in, and the rest of you feel the ship suddenly lighten. Vanda, you hear in your head which direction? The mainland, I think, as I point in that direction. The ship begins to lift off. Benny, as you look off the back, uh, you can see the hooded figure has finally come back to the surface. Um, and even from the distance you're at, you can see that she's panting heavily as the ship takes off. You can hear the cra- cries from the streets as the people have stopped what they're doing. And they're watching this airship from seemingly nowhere take off into the sky. Miraculously, Augustus is smoking as he looks out. You head towards the mainland, quickly moving beyond the bounds of the city. Behind you, the Ravager slowly begins to pivot in your direction. And that is where we will end. Struggling after that fantastic intro from Vanda. Thank point you very out much. Classical reference from Hazmat. What? Lenny. There you go. But unless he didn't intend it, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to make this a highbrow show. That's fine. We'll, we'll back off. That. There's no worries about that. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, what was the reference? I can't tell you. If you haven't got it, you're going to have to. I hate you all Just so much. Crawl back through the audio recordings afterwards. And... Oh, good news. I'll definitely be doing that. So. I feel like I should say something really offensive now because this section is so obviously getting edited out. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, while, 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 we're, while we're getting, while we're in deleted scenes. Um... <laughs> yeah, totally. It's great. This is just extra work for me. I love this section. <laughs> but you're, you're, the, treat, the treatment of the kids, right? You guys were like, oh, we're all about the kids. Our characters care about the kids. You did not help them. Like, I just wrote, Vanda, Vanda is the real hero of this story. <laughs> just, Said a man desperately trying to convince himself of his own worth. <laughs> I can hear our audience actually booing that phrase. <laughs> I think our listener just switched off. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show extra role, as well as an ad-free listening experience. The Dice Company Discord server, along with our socials, can be found on our link tree in the show notes. If you enjoyed this chapter, please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Dice Company